contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to a Brandt's Rants edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We're presented, as always, by BetOnline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. Use that promo code PODCAST1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E, all caps. You get that 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag. My rants of the week are going to be throughout this podcast, but we're going to focus on the NFL as I often do as we get into training camp, and a couple issues I really want to talk about. First, of course, is Ezekiel Elliott, who's kind of uh, been in the news more than Melvin Gordon, sort of the holdout group. I'll talk about them and then spend a larger rant talking about Tom Brady rewarded by the New England Patriots with $8 million of free money. But we'll sort of look at how he's taken his money over the years, which to me is just unbelievable how he's continued to be underpaid uh, year after year after year. We'll get to that in a minute. I just want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott because news comes out. Here we are in the middle of the week on August 6th, 7th. You know, news coming out that he's going to sit out the season if he doesn't get a new contract. And my reaction, as always, is good luck with that. How to go for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I know he did sit out, and I know I question it this time last year. I question it every week. I couldn't believe he was turning his back on $885,000 a week. Zikulaya would turn his back on a lot less than that per week, but it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. It didn't work for Elliot. Elliot is trying, I'm sorry, Bell. Bell is trying to get back to ground zero. He gave up $14.5 million. Guess what he's going to make this year? $14.5 million. He'll be at sort of equal after two years, which is to me is amazing that anyone can question that as good strategy. Anyway, Ezekiel Elliott, I feel for him. I feel for him. I feel for Melvin Gordon. I feel for all running backs. As I tweeted out, it's the worst position in the business of sports in terms of big time team sports. It's just the worst because your primary earning years are while you're in college and where you're under, where you're not paid at all. You know, no one can smirk in here, say they are paid. They're not paid. And then when your early years of your career, which are rookie contract, which you're underpaid. So what we have in sports is a highly devalued position after a certain age. And when you get to that age, you've already used up your earning power on low contracts. So teams are loath to sock a lot of guaranteed money after a certain age. Now, that age is in probably mid-30s for quarterback. That age is low-30s for lineman. That age is maybe low-30s, high-20s for receivers and cornerbacks and maybe even linebackers. But you get to running backs. Oh, my God. That age is probably mid-20s because teams chew you up and spit you out because they have so much success with younger running backs. You talk about analytics, analytics is all over the place with running backs. It's not good for the player because there's analytics showing these guys, yes, there's always going to be an Emmett Smith. There's always going to be a Frank Gore. These guys are outliers. There's going to be an Adrian Peterson who's declining, certainly has declined in terms of his value contractually, but they fall off a cliff. Remember Chris Johnson, that name? He was the highest paid running back like a few years ago. Remember Jamal Charles? He was the highest paid running back like a few years ago. 
Is he in the league? Is Chris Johnson in the league? Remember Eddie Lacy? He was the highest paid, uh, one of the highest uh, statistic running backs in the league for a while. I mean, it just goes. So these are not stories that Ezekiel Elliott wants to hear about. And yeah, Todd Gurley got paid, even though I think that too much was made of that contract. He signed up for whatever, 30 to $45 million guaranteed. But they got him for six years. Is he going to last six years in the league? Is there going to be a next contract for Todd Gurley? Doesn't look like it. Replaced by a journeyman, C.J. Anderson, last year. And I know people are out there say, well, Elliot's special. Well, is he? Is he? How many All-Pros on the Cowboys line? Are they made All-Pro by Ezekiel Elliott? So <laughs> we're going to just sort of see how this goes. My bottom line is, I think... Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, within a couple weeks, will sign contracts with their teams. And it will be the teams, not so much the players, at least when I make a perspective about it, that will look good in this. Because what's happening is opportunity. These players say they want a new deal. Okay. Teams say these are good players. We'll invest in them. Like Gordon, they've offered $10 million a year. That's a lot for a running back. Gordon, unlike it, he wants closer to like David Johnson, 13, or... Gurley 15, it's just not going to happen. So now he asked for a trade. That's not going to happen either. So Gordon's going to come back. Elliot, you know, there's comments by Stephen Jones that you saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. The market was 14-15. Le'Veon Bell comes back after sitting out of years. It has no teams except one, the Jets negotiating against themselves. And whatever his true number is now, 12, 12 million a year. So we see the market coming back. And we see opportunity. This, the Joneses, the, the Chargers, they're smart. So what's going to happen out of this is Elliot and Gordon are going to get deals like this. I don't know, 24 to 25, 6, 7, 8 maybe million dollars over the next two years with a lot of guarantee in that. And then nothing guaranteed. Nothing guaranteed past 2020. That's my strong prediction. They get deals. They're deals that sound good on paper. They won't be good after two years. And maybe those guys won't even be on those teams in two years. I feel for running backs. I'll say it again. They are more hindered by any other position than this three eligibility rule, which the NFL rule only allows a player to come in after they completed th uh, three years post high school. You know, Elliott could have been in the league sooner, making a lot of money. He was ready. Maybe Melvin Gordon, too. These running backs have such a short shelf life. Again, it's used up in college where they're not paid. It's used up in the rookie contracts where they're underpaid. And by the time they get to mid-20s, you hear that phrase that you don't hear with other positions. What's the phrase? Tread on the tire. Tread on the tire. You only hear it in running backs. You don't hear that about quarterbacks. You don't hear that about receivers. You don't hear that about linemen. You only hear it about running backs. They really need a union of their own. It's just a, such a disadvantaged position business-wise. So, Ezekiel can talk about sitting out the season. Good luck with that. It's not going to happen. If it does happen, he's not going to make up what he lost. The contract's going to toll. He's going to have two years left. I mean, it's going to be a disaster financially for him. So that won't happen. So what will he do? He'll take a deal. Melvin Gordon, is he going to sit out his option year? No. So you can get traded? Well, only if they get a great deal and good for them, but they won't. So here we go. My prediction, they'll both get deals. Maybe not this week. Maybe not next week. Maybe 
not till the week of the season starts. And it'll be deals that the teams, the teams more than the players, like my prediction, $25 million over two years, and that's all the guaranteed money there is. And so the base will be two-year deals at sort of 12 to 12 and a half a year. If that for Gordon, maybe it's maybe it's two years, 20. So that's where we are. Uh, that's my rant about the running backs, my rant about the holdouts. And one last thing about the holdouts, look like Yannick Ngakwe has come in, you know, put his tail between his legs. The holdout is over. And will they pay him? Maybe. If they don't, they don't. He may be better off than Gordon and Elliott because he's getting closer to free agency. Players can't wait for free agency. I think they should. You know, I think Gordon and Elliott kind of, it's going to backfire here. They're going to end up taking deals they don't really want rather than if they waited, they'd get better deals. Anyway, that's my first rant of the week. Before I get to my other rant about Tom Brady, welcome a new sponsor to the Business of Sports podcast now that they've launched a sports business vertical on their site. It's The Athletic. It's a subscription-based publisher, smart sports coverage for diehard fans. Really, it's a simple model. There's no ads. There's no pop-ups. There's no autoplay. Coverage is beyond the game repacks. It's recaps. It's smart analysis, deeper perspective about the teams, about the leagues, and all the subscribers can get everything, national, local, college, all the football coverage, stories, podcasts, videos from all sports. Some of the names that have joined The Athletic, of course, include Ken Rosenthal and Jason Stark on baseball, Seth Davis on college basketball, Dave Aldridge on pro basketball, Shams Terrania, Sam Amick, Richard Deitch, of course. So go to theathletic.com slash sports. Get 40% off a yearly subscription, $2.99 a month. That's The Athletic for all the best coverage, without pop-ups, without ads, without autoplay. Okay, on to the business of sports rant number two. Let's talk about Tom Brady. And when you talk about Tom Brady, a lot of things you think of, Super Bowl's longevity at age 42. Of course, with my nerdy mind, I think of Tom Brady and I think of underpayment. Uh, throughout his career, he's been underpaid. It's not a question of if he's been underpaid. The question always to me is why. And everyone has a lot of theories, which we'll get to in a minute. So here's the news of the week. Tom Brady does a restructure, and the restructure gives the cat gives the Patriots a lot of cap room. They're really sort of throwing on a big bonus and two phony years, and phony years are for proration purposes. For people who don't know, salary cap proration, you signing bonuses prorate over the remaining years of the contract. So, for instance, if you have a $10 million bonus over a four-year contract, it's 2.5 a year counts. And then the problem, of course, if the contract ends before that at all, is accelerated into the existing year. So if Tom Brady, in this $8 million bump he got... Um, his pro say it's eight million pro rate over three years, even though this two years are phony years, they void automatically after this year. So that's um, whatever it is, two point seven. That's five point four of room. Two point seven a year adds up to eight, something like that. Five point four of room is going to accelerate into two thousand twenty next year just so the Patriots could make $5 million a room right now, whatever they needed it for. So in the process, Tom Grady gets a bump. Now he goes from 15 to 23. At 15, he was about the 23rd highest paid quarterback in the league, under, right under uh, Andy Dalton, 
Now he goes to about sixth or seventh in the league. He'll be right under Kyler Murray. You know, the fact they took care of Brady, I mean, they, they almost have to. When you look at the Patriots, what are they going to do? Are they going to continue to have a quarterback who's renowned to be one of the top ever and certainly one of the top one or two in the game right now? Are they just going to keep having him make eight, ten million dollars rest than the less than the rest of the top echelon of quarterbacks? Of course, they had to do it. So I just don't get it with Tom Brady. You know, I don't get that a guy like him that's so competitive and always talking about being the best and doing the right thing diet wise and doing the right thing as a leader takes less. Now again, let's talk about what he does. These cap restructures like he just did, they're fine. I mean, every quarterback does it. Drew Brees has done it 10 times. Brent Rothsberger's done it 10 times. Matthew Stafford's done it. All these quarterbacks do it. And basically what they're doing is turning salary into bonus, uh, prorating it out, remaining years of the contract, pushing out cap money. It's going to cause pain later. You know, Tony Romo did it so often. The cap thing is fine. You want to give the Patriots cap room great. They need it. They're going to sign other players. You can hail yourself as helping out the team. That's great. What Tom Brady has done, which I don't understand, and there's no valid reason for him to do it, it does because it's not the winning thing and team thing because that's the cap side. What he's done is he's taken less cash. So cash is different than cap. You want to help out the team, let them sign, pay Edelman, do whatever it is. That's cap. Okay, that's cap. He's done that. Every quarterback does that that's asked to do it. Cash. Why does he take less cash? Now, he took $8 million extra this year. Great. He gets to 23. He should be at 33. He should be at 33. He shouldn't be at 23. You know, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, you know, they're 30 plus. What's Tom Brady taking 23? <laughs> so, again, you know, there was talk about these years next year would be 32, it'd be market value. Well, those are phony years. They don't even count. So here we are. He takes less cash. Here are the theories that come up. He's a winner. You know, he wants to do right by the team. Well, again, nah, wrong. That's cap. He can do that with cap. He's done it with cap. All quarterbacks do it with cap. Why does he take less cash? Because cash is going right to the Patriots' owners. He's doing a solid to ownership, not to his team, to ownership by taking less cash. They're worth billions of dollars. They can pay the team. They don't need his money to pay the rest of the team. So when he takes less cash, this is not about helping the team. This is about helping management and helping ownership with cash, not cap, cash. So Tom Brady has been historically underpaid. Forget about cap and helping the team. This is cash. Why has he done it? I don't know. Theories abound. Here's one theory that makes me just roll my eyes. Well, he's got a wife that makes more than he does, tens of millions, supermodel wife. He doesn't need the money. Okay. I don't buy it. I mean, that's a theory that I just kind of laugh. So basically people are saying, you know, if he had a normal wife... (laughs) He'd negotiate harder. Don't believe it. Don't believe it for a second. Don't believe he takes less cash because he's got income from his spouse. Don't believe it. Don't believe that's a theory. 
don't believe that to be true. I've never heard anyone say that with authority who has credibility. No. Other reason. Well, then the other reasons become more spurious, more conspiracy theories. I hear it all the time on Twitter. Every time I tweet it out, people are coming back to me like, this is common knowledge. Oh, the crafts, you know, give them under the table money. Oh, the crafts invest in TB12. Oh, the crafts invest in his trainer and bring the trainer on, onto Patriot Place. Oh, the, uh, you know, the, he's going to get a piece of ownership. It's all, it's all settled. I'm like, do you understand all of those theories would be major cap violations, which would draw penalties that would make Deflategate look easy? Can't do any of that. There's a whole department in the NFL looking out for things like that. It's cap compliance. Can't do any of that. So if some people suggest it as if it's kind of common knowledge, of course they can't do that. And never could. Now, if Tom Brady ends up in some ambassador role with the, with the Patriots after he's done, fine. That's fine. And if he gets a piece of ownership after his career, fine. But if any of that's agreed to now, as a quid pro quo for taking less money, major, major violation. You know, something that the other teams would go nuts about and demand forfeiture of draft picks, fines, voiding of his contract, whatever it is. So these are all the things that come up with Tom Brady. There is no mystery that he's taken less in his career. The mystery is why. The team player stuff, forget it. Stop. Stop. You do that with cap. You don't do that with cash. So let's get that straight. All right, I just had to rant about it. <laughs> Brady got a new deal this week. It first came out that yeah, he's getting 23 this year, but he's getting 32 and 33 next two years. Okay, that was proved to be wrong. Those are phony years. Those years void. They just put on years for cap purposes. They could have put 200 million in those numbers. Doesn't matter. They're voiding. And then it comes out. Oh, they gave him an eight million dollar bump. Of course they. I mean, what, were they going to make him pay for play for 15 million? Were they going to make Tom Brady play this year for $15 million? I mean, it's shocking that they made him play for $15 last year with $5 million in bonuses that were not easy to earn. I mean, why wouldn't they just give him a bump last year? I, I just don't get it. It's a mystery. There'll be a 30 for 30 about Tom Brady and his money. <laughs> One day down the road, hopefully they'll interview me. So we'll see. That's my rant about Brady. Let's get to a bet online read because bet online is of course our sponsor. We're now in mid August. Temperatures are hot outside, but the action's coming. Preseason football is back. Starts this week. One place that has you covered. That's betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today. Podcast one is your promo code and you get that 50% welcome bonus. Preseason games this week. Some fun ones. Jets, Giants, Rams, Raiders, Vikings, Saints. Don't sit on the sidelines, get in on the action. Use that promo code PODCAST1. You get it all, NFL preseason, Major League Baseball action, it's all in there. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's time to hear from you. If you've got a question for Andrew, leave him a voicemail at 484-416-5654. This week we got a listener question from Tacoma, Washington. Here's Josh. Hey, Andrew. Love the podcast. I, I love football history, and I remember seeing a, a Dallas Cowboys, you know, retrospective, and they said that at one point Dan Reeves 
was a player coach. You know, he would, he would run the football for the Cowboys and he was also like an assistant coach. And I haven't heard of anything like that in the modern NFL. So my question is, is was this a common thing back in the day? Uh, or was this just a one-off situation? And is there anything in the modern rules that prohibits this sort of thing? Anyway, love the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to answer my question and, uh, looking forward to hearing your next show. Yeah, what an interesting question that is from Josh. I wanted to flag that one because I thought it was a historical question. Now, I'm not a historian like my namesake, <laughs> who I'm not related to, but congratulations to Gil Brandt for making the Pro Football Hall of Fame and getting in this weekend. But, uh, you know, Gil would know a lot more about Dan Reeves and the history of player coaches. The one thing that comes immediately to mind is that it was way before the day of the salary cap. So salary cap would be an issue, and I'll explain that in a minute. But I haven't heard about any player coaches since that time or even that time. It's hard to sort of feel like player coaches would be a thing in the NFL. You know, I think about the NBA where you've had some of these kind of old-time veterans on the bench making a lot of money. Of course it's cap money. Of course it counts, all that stuff. But these guys really weren't playing. What comes to mind is like Jawan Howard – with the Miami Heat those years, he obviously he transitioned into coaching and now head coach at University of Michigan. But it seemed like he was kind of a quote-unquote player coach but making a lot of money. Same with the Sixers, now general manager Elton Brand making $10 million plus, hardly playing, but being kind of a, a unifying, galvanizing force on the bench for the young Sixers team. So that has happened in basketball, although de facto, not du jour, not named player coaches. But nothing like that in football. And getting to the money aspect, would it be allowed? Let's just say it is allowed. If you want to make a player also a coach, I suppose it would be allowed. But of course, it would have to be contained in the salary cap. Coaches' contracts are outside the cap. You can pay coaches $100 million, and that will not be any restrictions on that related to team cap. A player coach, of course, would count against the cap. So... If you have a coach that's a player coach, you have some great veteran that's a coach and you want to use them as a player, yeah, I guess. you can. I mean, again, the NFL would have to answer this. I don't know if anyone's been asked this, but I would suppose you can go ahead and do that. But you got to count them. you got to count them under the cap. Um, I'm trying to think of like an Elton Brand, Jawan Howard example. I would probably put that in my experience. I mean, I was one right under my nose. At Green Bay, I had a guy that we'd bring in every year to back up Brett Favre and to sort of sit in the room with Brett and Aaron one year. His name, Doug Peterson, now Super Bowl winning coach here where I am in Philadelphia area. He is a gem, and he was a gem. Now, did I pay him? Sure. And by the way, negotiated his own contract. I'd usually call him. I could never get a backup quarterback to come to Green Bay because they knew Brett never missed a snap and it was cold and why why would they come to green bay so every year about april or may i'd call up doug peterson he'd say how many guys you asked before you call me i'd say five or so and in five minutes we'd do a contract and sure enough he's up there he was brett's best friend he was brett's guru he was brett's coach on the field and he was a coach on the field and it's no surprise to see doug peterson doing so well so was he a player coach I guess he was. You know, after I'm saying I haven't seen that, I, I guess I had one in Green Bay, Doug Peterson. 
course he didn't play because Brett never missed a snap. But he was vital to the game plan. He was vital in that tough year with Aaron. So, you know, this is uh, this is something that I guess goes on. You have players kind of hanging on over the years. Maybe a Brian Hoyer. Uh, maybe a Matt Castle. Matt Moore. Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing. But sort of guys that are sort of there. But, you know, they're there for reasons more than they're playing. So... It's a long-winded way of saying player coach, I think, is allowed. Just don't call it that. Maybe that gets you in the crosshairs of the NFL. And, of course, players have to be included under the cap. That is a given. Thanks for that great question, uh, Josh, in Tacoma. That was really good. It sort of got me ranting about some things. And brings us to the end of this Brands Rants edition of the Business of Sports. And that'll do it. Appreciate all of you. Follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. Uh, and... You know, the final thing I didn't mention, I'll just say quickly, Antonio Brown out with, I mentioned this on Ross Tucker's podcast, out with bad feet due to cryotherapy. Listen, I'm an athlete, very, very uh, old, trying to be young athlete. I do duathlons, triathlons, I run. I got a coach now that sort of gives me a workout every day. Um, But I do cryo. Cryo is standing in a cylindrical tube. I don't know how many degrees it is. It's really cold. You do it for up to three minutes, which I can do three minutes. A lot of guys go in there, do three minutes, wait a little bit, do another three minutes. That's tough. But, you know, for Antonio Brown to have done gotten uh, frostbite on the feet, come on. When you go to cryotherapy, you got to put on these heavy socks and sandals in addition to a robe. You take the robe off when you get in there, wear underwear, and then you have to wear gloves. I mean, the fact that he would have like, extremities uncovered, his feet especially, oh, my God. No one would ever allow that. So if that happened, and now we got some sources saying it did, first of all, foolish for Antonio to do it, but we're talking about some liability issues. <laughs> if this cryotherapy place allowed him to do that, and now a $14 million receiver is, is on the shelf, well, we may have some issues here. There could be, will be, lawyers. Anyway, I'll leave you with that. <laughs> Thanks for following me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Thanks for Giving the podcast a good ranking and comments are always appreciated. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, RossTucker.com, wherever you hear podcasts. Thanks to producer extraordinaire Brian Neal. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.